Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, the podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in Almighty God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm so thankful that you have taken out the time to be with me today. And I hope and pray that this study uh, from the book of Psalms is something that will be helpful to you, something that will be encouraging to you. And in my estimation, the psalm that we're going to discuss today is the most uh, well-known and most beloved psalm of all. Yes, we're going to be discussing Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. One little boy was asked on an occasion to quote Psalm 23, and he told his parents he could do it. And so they said, okay, let's hear it. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything else. And what a beautiful way to describe that. When the Lord is your shepherd, you don't need anything else. You shall not want. And with those thoughts in mind, we want to use that as a a lead statement today as we work through this psalm. I shall not want. You know, when you and I, we find ourselves in the midst of the storms of life, we, we need someone to guide us. We need someone to lead us, to protect us, to provide for us. And the Lord is the one who can do that. I'm going to begin by reading this beautiful, beautiful psalm with you. I'm going to walk through this outline with you and then give us a few reasons and points of application as to how we can apply Psalm 23 to our lives in hopes that it can help us weather the storm. When you think of this psalm, we read it and we know it in so many different backgrounds and contexts. Maybe it's a funeral. Maybe it's at a bedside of someone who knows the end is approaching. Or maybe it's just something that you read uh, every once in a while for just that reminder of comfort. Whatever the case may be, and however your feelings are about this psalm, I hope and pray that after this study, we'll be more focused on the shepherd than just Psalm 23. And I'll try to explain that uh, at the end of this episode today, and hopefully that will make more sense. But again, I love this psalm. I know several of you who are listening, is uh, this is a favorite of yours as well, because it's just so peaceful and so wonderful. Let's read this together. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, we're going to think about the lead statement, I shall not want. I'm going to give you this outline. This is not original with me. I've added a few. But this is one that, that is very helpful working through this text. Again, I hope it's something we can all apply to our lives. Number one, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for a personal shepherd. Notice that David said the Lord is my shepherd. He's mine. In John chapter 10, and Lord willing, I'll be preaching on this very soon here at the Equipment Church of Christ. I'm, I'm in a series right now working through the I Am statements of Jesus as recorded in the book of John. 
And the next one's found there in John 10, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And when you think of the language that's found there, what I love about it is, is Jesus emphasizes that he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. John 10, 14. Verses 14 through 16, and then verse 27, he emphasizes how they can have that relationship. He said, they hear my voice, and they follow me. That's how you can know Jesus. You know, sometimes we, we hear, oh, well, I know the Lord, or do you know the Lord? What does that really mean to know him? Well, First John 2, 3 through 6 says, that hereby do we know that we know him if we love him and keep his commandments. I can know him if I do what he says, if I listen to his voice and I follow him. David was a man who did that. No, David wasn't sinlessly perfect. I believe that's an encouragement for us. Nobody is. But we can know the Lord as our Lord. And that is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. So if the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want for a personal shepherd. Number two, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for pure contentment. Notice also in verse one, I shall not want. It reminds us of that illustration of a moment ago, a little boy. Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything else. In the context and in the midst of the storms of life, when I know that the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want for pure contentment. I can find contentment in this life, the abundant life that Jesus offers, John 10.10, 10, when I know that the Lord is my shepherd. The Apostle Paul is one who knew this. Philippians chapter 4, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Verse 11, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Verse 19. All your need, all that you want, Jesus provides it. And we need to understand the difference between, you know, this wanting and needing. The want there is in the context of things that, that, things that need, I need to get through a difficult time or a trial. Jesus can provide that. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am, whether I have what I need or whether I don't, to always look to the shepherd to provide. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for a personal shepherd. I shall not want for pure contentment. Number three, I shall not want for a peaceful rest. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. As I'm recording this in my office, I'm looking up at a picture. It's one of my favorite pictures that I have. It's one that I got when I went to MSOP. And it simply says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23.1 And there's a picture there of Jesus standing by this stream. And there's only one lamb there with him. And this lamb here is drinking water from this, this stream, but the stream's not moving. The only ripple is from that one lamb. There's this beautiful sunset in the background, and there are these stones where Jesus is standing here on the bank, and there's this grass and these trees, and I have that straight in front of my desk so I can look at it every single day, that regardless of what's going on in life, whatever kind of storm I'm facing, that's where I can be when the Lord is my shepherd. I can be by still waters. I can be in the green pastures. And I hope and pray that's where you can be. And if Jesus is your shepherd, guess what? You can be. 
No matter how raging the waters may seem around you, you can be in that one place where there's peace. The green pastures. It's a very interesting reference. And here it means just to trust the shepherd as he provides what we need. You know, it's not this idea of a green, lush field. But when you think about how uh, the, the shepherds were to lead the sheep there in Palestine, you think about those, those rocky cliffs. There's just a little bit of grass because of the meditation or the, the, uh, the, humi- the humidity in the air. And, and it, would, uh, it would draw up this grass on the bottom of these rocks. And so the humidity in the air coming off of the Mediterranean Sea, it would provide this little bit of grass. So when this rock was flipped on its side, you would have a little bit. And the shepherd would lead the sheep to that little bit and then keep on leading them for a little bit more and a little bit more, providing what they needed. And so the green pastures here is this concept of trust the shepherd. He'll lead you to this spot and he'll keep leading you to the next spot. He'll keep you moving and he'll keep giving you what you need. And so the green pastures provides what we need in the still waters, provides that rest that we need. Only Jesus can do that. We think about the amazing scene when he was in the boat asleep. And the disciples said, Master, we're perishing. And he came out and he said, Peace be still. And there was a great calm. He can do that over your life as well. If you submit to him and live for him every single day. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, we find this. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Notice that. He'll shepherd them. He'll lead them to the living fountains of waters. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for a personal shepherd. I shall not want for pure contentment. I shall not want for a peaceful rest. Number four, I shall not want for a powerful restoration. He restores my soul. Sometimes we find ourselves in storms and trials, and we're in such need of that restoration. We need to get back on track. We need to be filled. The word restore means to bring back to the fold. It means to heal the sickness or the pain. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, Psalm 51.12. David was missing something. He needed it back. When our soul is famished, when our soul is troubled, the shepherd can restore it. When Jesus says, my shepherd, I shall not want for a powerful restoration. Next, I shall not want for a path to follow, verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his sake. Seek the old paths wherein is righteousness. Jeremiah ten sixteen. We think about Psalm five, which studied in our last episode, or Proverbs chapter two, Proverbs chapter eight. Listening to direction. Looking for the right path to follow. It's there. We have a choice. We are free moral agents. We can choose what path to follow. Matthew chapter seven, thirteen and fourteen, Jesus emphasizes. There's a broad gate and there's a narrow gate. The broad gate's the easy way. It leads to destruction, and a lot of people are going to take it. But the difficult path, even though it's difficult, it leads to life. And only few will find it, meaning only few are willing to follow it. But if you and I want that path to follow, 
It's been laid out for us in Scripture. All things pertaining to life and to godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3. And so we can be restored and we can be led in the paths of righteousness as we go to the Word of God. A lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, Psalm 119, 105. Next, I shall not want for the presence of God. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. There's so many passages that we could consider here. I'm going to give you a few if you'd like to take these down. Exodus 3.12, in the context of God with Moses. Joshua 1.5, Moses, my servant, is dead, but as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, God told Joshua. Isaiah 41.10, and you go through the fire, I will be with you. The waters will not overcome you. Matthew 28.18, lo, I am with you always. Hebrews 13.5 and 6, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I shall not want for the presence of God. In those dark times when I feel alone, I'm really not. Notice in this context, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through it. I'm in a valley. But God is the God of the peaks and the valleys. He's there with us when we're at our highest, and He's there with us when we're at our lowest. He's the constant. He's the one who can be with us through all of it. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for the presence of God. Next, I shall not want for precious comfort. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And notice your rod and your staff. What do they do? They comfort me. The rod and the staff used by a shepherd. You think about how the rod could be used. It could be used, of course, to fight off wolves and fight off any kind of threat, but also to to put around and, and to gently lead back when you try to go astray or when something comes up. Your rod and their staff, they comfort me. They provide the comfort that I need. And we need to remember that God is the God of all comfort, 2 Corinthians one three. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for precious comfort. Next, I shall not want for the providential care of God. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God's providence. The word providence means simply to provide. God provides what we need. When When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for his providential care in my life. You prepare a table, Psalm 104, 15. You anoint my head with oil, Psalm 92, 10. Both references there emphasizing that God is going to provide what we need. When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for providential care. In the final place, in verse 6, when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for a prepared place. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is not saying this as one who is unsure, is he? He has confidence. He has assurance. 
because the Lord is his shepherd. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. In John chapter 14, when Jesus is comforting his disciples, he knew that they were troubled. He knew they were anxious. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus, as the good shepherd, is going to prepare a place for all the faithful of God. Let not your heart be troubled. As we close out this episode today, I want to ask the question, how can Psalm 23 help me weather the storm? And I believe that we could spend hours upon hours, someone can write volumes upon volumes as to how this psalm in particular can help us. But I want to share some things that have helped me, and I hope it can help you. When you read Psalm 23, don't forget to add Psalm 22 and 24 to the context. Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are used as a trilogy. In Psalm 22, you have the suffering Savior. It's the Psalm of the Cross. In Psalm 23, of course, you have the Good Shepherd. In Psalm 24, you have the Sovereign King. Earth is the Lord's fullness thereof. When you think about Psalm 22, 23, and 24 together, the suffering Savior, the Shepherd, and the Sovereign, you can be reminded that when you serve King Jesus, and you give your life to Him, and you obey Him, and do what He says, and you follow in His steps, Luke 9, 23, you can have the hope of everlasting life through Him. Because he's the only one who could have paid that price for you. You and I, we couldn't have paid the price for our own sin. It had to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. John one twenty nine. And so without Psalm 22, without the sacrifice of Jesus, there is no Psalm 23. But because he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep, John 10, now he is uniquely qualified to lead us into everlasting life. Psalm 24, open up the doors. Here comes the King of glory. It's a beautiful concept. And it's something I always try to keep in mind when reading Psalm 23 is to go ahead and read Psalm 22 and 24 as well. Second, let's remember for there to be a shadow, there must be light. The Lord is with us even in the darkest of valleys. I want you to picture yourself in, in a deep, dark sea. You've been out to sea and and you're starting to lose a little bit of hope. There was a little bit of light left in the sky, but now it's just dark. There are no stars inside. It's cloudy. And the waves are getting higher and higher. And fear is starting to set in. But then when you look up, you see there's a beam that's slowly moving across the water. You start to follow it. And the closer you follow and the closer you get, you notice there's a lighthouse. And you see all around that lighthouse that there's rocks. There's a firm foundation. 
And even though the water is beating upon it, it stands firm in that light. What does it represent? Guidance and hope. You and I, when we weather the storm, it may be that our lives are in danger. It may be that we get to a point in time where our life here on earth is coming to a close. But as David said, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And where there's a shadow, there must be light. Jesus has already been there, hasn't he? And he conquered death. Psalm 1610, you shall not leave his soul in Sheol. Jesus went into the Hadean realm. And three days out, three days later, he came out being victorious over the grave, proven to be the Son of God through the resurrection, Romans 1-4. You and I can have peace and comfort in that. Finally, it is one thing for us to know and to love Psalm 23. And I mentioned this in the onset of this that most everyone listening to this today, as soon as we started reading Psalm 23, I bet you started quoting it. It's something that's just so comforting, and we've known them all our lives. But let me just close with this. It's one thing to know and love Psalm 23, but another thing entirely to know and love the shepherd behind Psalm 23. You and I must make sure that we stay in contact with the shepherd, that we're feeding daily on the Word of God, that we're applying the Word to our lives, that our prayer lives are increasing every single day, that our faith is increasing every single day, that we're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18, that we're becoming more dependent on our God and we're drawing near to Him every single day, James 4, 7 and 8. Psalm 23 is such a beautiful, beautiful text. And I hope in some way this episode today has helped you to navigate through a difficult time. May it be the case that Psalm 23 becomes a reality for all of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even in the midst of the storm, I know it'll be okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope and pray that this episode has been helpful. May God bless you as you weather the storm. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.